there is only one. One thing, one thought, one love, one joy. And that one, we often call God or spirit or the universe. It's bigger than any of those words. But all those aspects of the one and all those aspects of the one are ours to access because as part of the one, they are all ours too. Today is Memorial Day Eve. In that moment of realizing all those people in our lives that aren't present anymore, they still touched us. They still are part of us. Part of that one. We can access them with our memories, honor them with our love, appreciate them for what they brought to us today. I am grateful to know that I am a composite of all my experiences, all those people who touched me. We are each that. We choose consciously, to honor the best, the good, the love, the joy, the peace. Choose it. Feels good. I choose it with great gratitude. I choose to be all of me. I choose to be all of God. I choose to be all of joy like a baby who has no barriers between themselves and the one. Surrender. I surrender in great gratitude and accept my oneness. So, in gratitude, I release these words, knowing them to be the truth, knowing them to be the way, knowing them to be done, complete, because that is the way the law works. We speak it, and we let it go, and it flies into reality. Taking a deep breath in, like the air, it is part of me, these truths In great joy, I say, and so it is. In his uh, meditation today, Richard Rohr says that when we speak of the Christ, and Christ is not a person, Christ is a consciousness, the Christ, the consciousness. Uh, if, if we were Buddhists, we'd call it the Buddha mind, the enlightened state. When we speak of the Christ, I'm still hearing that. Hang on, I just lost my place there. We are naming an ever-growing encounter, not a fixed package that is all complete and must be accepted as is. 
on the inner journey of the soul, we meet a God who interacts with our deepest selves, who grows the person who allows and forgives mistakes. And it is precisely this give and take and knowing that there will be give and take that makes God so real as a lover. So we are here to open up to the fact that, guess what? You and I are not finished. You know how you know you're not finished? Check your pulse. If you have one, you're not finished. Okay? So happy Memorial Day weekend. Or sacred Memorial Day weekend may be a better way to say that. Today we're going to talk about inner peace. It's the fourth of our talks this month, uh, working from the book um, The Eye of the Storm by... Um, Gary Simmons, thank you. All I could get was Richard Rohr, and it's like, no, that's him, Gary Simmons. And we're going to look at inner peace, and Buffy was asking me earlier this morning, it's like, so, but there's a part of me that wants to giggle, is that peace? And it's like, well, yes, but there's also inner joy. Because when we get in touch with our inner peace, we get in touch with the inner joy, we get in touch with the inner love that is always existent. It may surprise you to know that I had a relationship breakup once in my life. <laughs> Those who go here regularly know I had a lot of relationship breakups in my past life, in my past life. <clears throat> and I was going through one of those, and I was in this deep, really dark space, feeling really, really sad. And this one time, I just walked out of a workshop with some friends, and I felt this joy that was underlying the sadness, this deep, deep joy. And so here's this layer of Sadness, it was there, and it was okay to be there. I felt sad. But underneath that, there was this joy that was deeper than the sadness, that wasn't going to go away, that was always there with me. Years ago, I was, I was uh, working in, in the East Bay uh, uh, in a, a city called Lafayette, which is east of Oakland. And I was talking to a client on the phone who was over in San Francisco. And all of a sudden, she said, we're having an earthquake. And I went, no, we're not. And about 15 seconds, 20 seconds later, it's like, yes, we are. (laughs) And I had this awareness that here's the city of San Francisco and all the lies and all the stuff. And here's the city of Oakland and Lafayette. Here's San Francisco Bay and the Pacific Ocean. And underneath it all, it's all sitting on top of these tectonic plates that are moving. And that's how spirit is. We have all this stuff in our lives that seems so real and so important and so big, right? You know, We have big stuff, right? Okay? But it's all sitting on top of this spirit that is constantly moving, that is this constant flow of love, of joy, of peace. And it helps if we tap into that. It helps if we tap into that. Emerson said that we see things as fixed structures. Spirit sees it as liquid law. Liquid law. It reminds me of the scene in, in uh, towards the end of the first Matrix movie where, where Neo starts to see the data stream. Instead of seeing the agents as real things, he just starts to see the data stream, the flow, the flow. And so if we can start to look at our lives from that perspective, from where we're balanced, where we're centered in this inner peace, in this inner joy, in this inner love that we know is not going to be shaken because that's the ground on which we stand that's deeper than the perceived ground on which we stand, we can open up and start to interact with, that, with this world and ourselves in a whole different way, in a way of greater freedom and greater love and greater joy. And the phenomena that goes by us, it just goes by us. Yes, it's there. And yes, we interact with it. 
but we're deeper than that. We've looked over the last couple of weeks at the winds of conflict, what gets us into conflict, what gets us into trouble, what pulls us out of our, our um, space of peace, which is our belief in separation and our not seeing things from, from a clear point of view, our defensiveness, and our, our sense of not being on purpose. And then we looked last week at the Zephyrs of Wholeness, which is communion, where we do spend time in that space, in that awareness, that deep space, and we do start to interact more and more from that place. And we looked at our seeing things from principle, from, you know, seeing things are right. You know, as, as the, the Buddhists say in the first of the Eightfold Practice, right perception. So things, seeing things are right. We looked at living a life where we know our purpose and we're living on our purpose. And we looked at our life of non-resistance. I love that phrase that, that Gary Simmons uses, non-resistance is fertile. That's a parody on the Borg, yes. We arrive at a place of centeredness, where, and, and everything has a center. Everything has a center, physically and physiologically. Um, Meister Eckhart said that God is that whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. What does that mean? You and I are centers of the divine. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're a center of the divine. If you don't have a neighbor to nudge, find somebody to look at. You're a center of the divine. The divine is centered within us. And by the way, it has no circumference. We experience spirit when we take time to experience our own center. We experience spirit when we take time to experience our own center because they are one and the same. When we're experiencing, when we're coming to that center, that true center of us, then we are in touch with that spirit that is already present within and as us. And because spirit is peace, because spirit is love, and because spirit is joy, when we are in that awareness, we experience peace, we experience love, we experience joy. Let's play with that for a minute. If you're willing to stand up and take a deep breath. Put your uh, feet so your toes are pointing straight ahead, about the same width as your shoulders apart, and just kind of relax your knees. But Just bounce a little bit on your knees, relax your shoulders. And now find this place, find your navel, and then take three fingers, and three fingers below your navel is your center going uh, up and down. And just put your left hand on there. And then imagine that you can penetrate into your body, into a space that's about between your stomach and your spine, and find that center that's within that. Put your right hand on top of your left hand. And that's your physiological center. The, in, if you've ever studied Chinese martial arts, this is called the Dontian. It's the center. Breathe into that center. In fact, imagine that you're breathing from that center. Bring your awareness away from your head and into that center. And now perhaps gently sway, gently circle from that center, not from your head, but from that center. Let yourself just move a little bit from that place of center. And then come back to standing straight and centered. Take a breath. And say, keeping your focus on that center, from that place, take your seat back again.
we can remember what that center space feels like. And we can bring that to our lives. If you're ever finding yourself upset, perhaps you can just simply put your finger right there, your hand right there, or even just bring your attention right there. We in the West are so used to bringing everything from here, right? Because we got our visual organs here, and of course our brain is here, and we all function on the brain. And so this brings us, you know, we can function from heart center, and we can function from our spiritual center, our Ten, right here. When we study Tai Chi, we learn to move from that. And trust me, for Westerners, it's really tough to learn to get out of the head and to start to move from here. But it can be done. So now that you know how it feels to feel physically centered, let's look at our emotional center. Outer peace comes from where? Inner peace. Inner peace. But we often try to flip this, don't we? If I can just get that out there to happen, I'll be peaceful. I'll be happy. But if I'm not at peace, if we're not at peace, there's no set of outer circumstances that will ever provide us with peace, is there? No amount of money. We all know people who have lots of money and are not at peace, yes? Okay. No career. We know people who have dream careers and are not at peace. No amount of relationships, not the perfect, not the one, the one. We can be with the one, but if we're not at peace, guess what? It's not the one. Or they may be the one, but we're not the one. No health program. No nothing. Nothing will bring us peace if we're not at peace. One of my favorite relationship phrases that I hear once in a while was, if you love me, you would fill in the blank. And what that says is, that person is not at peace, is not sure about their love. We must be at peace with and about ourselves. And this begins by remembering that we are not our experiences. We have experiences, but we, I am not my experience. Say that with me. I am not my experiences. Okay? And those experiences can be pleasant or unpleasant. We can have our feelings about them, but we are not our experiences. We are something more. We are something more stable, more grounded than all that other stuff. We are whole, complete, and perfect right now. And this is not the narcissistic, you know, um, I thought I was mistaken once, but then I realized you were mistaken. Okay, That's the narcissistic point of view. I miss Sheldon Cooper. For those of you who know Big Bang Theory. A person who's operating from inner peace can recognize they may need to improve in areas of their life. We can all get better at things, right? And sometimes life gives us input and feedback. We pay attention to it. Or we don't, until we do, until it gets loud enough that we start to pay attention to it. But still, I am not my experiences. So I may be doing something badly, but I'm not bad. I may be unskilled at something. You know, I'm a really unskilled brain surgeon. <laughs> I really am. And I don't care because I don't want to be a brain surgeon. But if I wanted to be a brain surgeon, I would have to improve what I know now, right? If I wanted to be better at relationships, I have to improve what I used to know about relationships. If I want to be better in a career. Okay? So we can know that and yet still recognize I 
the essence of who I am, am still whole, perfect, and complete, right as I am. I am enough. We can make those changes, we can make those improvements while still valuing and respecting ourselves and others in that process. So take a moment and quietly ask yourself, am I at peace with myself? Take a breath. Am I at peace with myself? And here's a clue. Wherever you're not will show up in your life. I always love Ram Dass's little phrase that says, if you want to know if you're enlightened or if you want to know if you're at peace, go visit your family. <laughs> See, wherever we're not at peace shows up for us out here. If we believe we're not good enough, if we believe we're wrong, if we believe we're unlovable, if we're flawed, damaged, wounded, unworthy, not valuable, all that garbage, if we believe that about ourselves, that will show up in our outer life, right? If, if you don't know that that's right, just trust me. It's Yes. As a person who's manifested that over and over again, in 1972, neuroscientist Candace Peart, Peart, Dr. Candace Peart, discovered the opiate receptors in the brain. And she discovered that the brain has to have receptors to receive these things. Okay? I had a friend in, in high school and college that had apparently no receptors for marijuana. Because we could go to a party, I'd get loaded, all our friends around us would get loaded, and he'd just sit there and go, it has no effect on me. Okay? Just as there are receptors in the brain for chemical compounds, there are receptors in our consciousness for belief systems, for our beliefs. And so if I have a belief that I'm not good enough, I'll both attract and resonate with people who will reinforce that belief for me. Yes? There's a, I remember years ago reading, a, I think it was a codependency book, and a woman said, uh, in this book said, you could, you could put me in a room of a hundred men, 99 of whom are wonderful, healthy, caring men, one of whom is an abusive alcoholic drunk with no job, and I will go home every time with the abusive alcoholic drunk with no job. And she was recognizing that there was something within her that resonated with that energy, that person. There's something within us that resonates with that energy. If you've got somebody in your life who keeps telling you you're not good enough, it's not about them. They're just mirroring back what you already believe about yourself. Take a breath. Rumi says, our task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Our task is not to seek for love or for peace or for joy but merely to seek and find all the barriers within ourselves that we have built against it. Take a breath. So our work is to remove the barriers to the flow of love and peace. And the only place we can really do that is within ourselves. See, most of us got trained out of being in the flow of of this inner peace, this inner love, this inner joy. Most of us got trained out of that. If, if you were raised in a household where you were um, physically punished, threatened, shamed, you learned early on to stop trusting yourself, your capital S self. You learned early on to stop trusting spirit, and you had to just deal with what the adults around you were telling you to do. 
We have to shift that. Because that was poor training. Most of us have poor training. Yes? So take a breath. Don't get caught there. Everything new. Bring it on. Okay? So the world isn't going to know peace until each of us knows peace within. The world won't know peace until we are peaceful within. I can't make you peaceful. You can't make anybody else peaceful. Buffy, I want you to be peaceful. (laughs) And she's already in reaction and not peaceful. So no amount of legislation, marching, elections, or any other external activity will bring peace until we are at peace. And when I work as a person who is working from my inner peace, I can do all these things out here as a person who's doing that consciousness of peace, and it will create a shift. It's been said that when we, are, when we approach conflict, when we approach war, if we are in conflict within ourselves, we will add to that conflict. If we are at peace within ourselves, we will add to the peace. Which one am I bringing? Which one am I bringing? So today as we honor the slain soldiers, the combatants, if you will, many of whom believe they were fighting wars to end war, right? World War I, that was the theme. This is the war to end all wars. And of course, that lasted for mm, a decade and a half. Two and a half decades, sorry. Let us give them the greatest honoring possible by creating peace in the only place it can be created, which is within us. So no more have to die in war, in conflict, in combat. So let's take a moment, take a breath, find that place of peace within yourself. And now let it expand out beyond this room into the world. All the places where there's conflict in the world today, let us simply hold a consciousness of peace. Let us extend that peace in time and space, into the past, into the future, and simply be peace. Underneath all of the stuff, all the outer circumstances, there is this sense of peace. There is this truth of peace. And just as the cities and the bays in the ocean right atop the tectonic plates, underneath it all, is a flow of peace. That if we allow it to happen, it makes it all new. And so let us in consciousness say, bring it on. Let there be peace. As earth. Mm. So this week, two spiritual practices, one optional spiritual practice. Do you like optional spiritual practices? (laughs) The first one is become aware of where you're not at peace. 
Become aware. Just pay attention. You know how you can become aware of it? Just watch yourself in your interactions in life this week. Where am I feeling upset? Where am I in reaction? Where am I feeling defensive? Where am I out of that peace, out of that joy, out of that love, that deep love? Second practice, take time to experience your center. That exercise that we did, take time to do that. Start your morning with that. Maybe in the middle of the day, do that. All it takes is a, a, a minute or two of time just to bring us back to center and to breathe into that space and to remember, I am not my experiences. I am not these circumstances that are out here around me. They are phenomena that is passing through. But I am something deeper and greater than that. As we practice this, as we, ten- as we spend more time in the center, it'll become more familiar, it'll become more our normal way of interacting with the world. We'll build it and strengthen it just like you would a muscle. And so then we can tend to act from that center rather than reacting from old beliefs that are triggered by the outer circumstances. And then optionally, a third option, this is the optional spiritual practice, is, is in a couple of weeks, uh, Gene Hill Miller and, and Ann Abishan are, work, are offering a class called the Q Effect, which is called the, uh, the Art of Living with Nothing and No One Against You. Did I get that right? Okay. The Art of Living with Nothing and No One Against You. It's a four-session class. Sign up for that class. The sign-ups are out there. It's a lovely class. I took it in ministerial school. It was part of my training uh, from, from Gary Simmons in ministerial school, where he works with those principles. And we start to look at the circumstances and what it is that's underneath that that's starting to create that. So that's an optional spiritual practice you might want to play with. So take time to discover where you're not at peace. Take time to experience your center. Are you willing to play with that this week? Yeah. And if you're called, then uh, sign up for the class. Gene can answer questions about that afterwards. I want to close with... Um, Actually, a pair of quotes. Uh, one from, back from Richard Rohr. His meditation today is lovely for those of you who subscribe to his. God loves you by becoming you. Take that in. God loves you by becoming you. The universe takes the time and the energy to be you. If you ever feel insignificant or not valuable or, or, you know, you wonder if you should be here, the universe has taken the time and the energy to be you. And the better question is, if it's doing that, then what is it that it's wanting to be as me here now? And that doesn't have to mean some huge thing. You know, I was working with my tapping coach this week, and I said, you know, I have this old superhero consciousness where if I'm not out saving the world, I'm not doing enough. If I'm not winning the Tour de France, if I'm not, you know, whatever... I'm not doing enough. Each of us is superheroes right where we are. Ask the people around you. God loves you by becoming you. Taking your side in the inner dialogue of self-accusation and defense. Anybody besides me have an inner dialogue of self-accusation and defense? Okay. God takes our side. That spirit within takes our side. That love within takes our side in that. God loves you by turning your mistakes into grace, by constantly giving you back to yourself in a larger shape. I'm doing good. (laughs) God stands with you, not against you, whenever you are tempted to shame or self-hatred. Remember, the only thing that separates you from God is the thought that you are separate from God. And then from Ernest Holmes, from Ideas of Power, you are at the center of the universe.
the very center and core of all causation. There is nothing out there that has anything to do with what you are doing. Nothing. It is to get away from the appearance, to get away from the judgment and conviction of fact as it is now experienced to the glorious realization that the law works. And when we talk about the law, the law is simply the law of cause and effect that who I am must show up out here. Who I believe that I am must show up out of out here. And so we go right back to Rumi's quote, our only work is to get rid of the stuff where we don't feel in alignment with the truth of who we are. Let's move into prayer. There is a presence. There is a presence that is, as Buffy said, beyond all names. We call it Tao. We call it the Buddha mind. We call it God. We call it the Christ. We call it Allah. We call it all these names, Adonai. We call it all these names, Elohim, Spirit, the universe, the one. And yet it is beyond all those names. And it is joy, and it is love, and it is life energy, and it is peace. It is this. It doesn't, it's never moved off center. It just is this. If there's love, if there's joy, if there's peace anywhere present in the world, it must be that that is the truth of spirit, because it cannot exist without this one. And because that love, because that peace, because that joy, and because this spirit is all that there is, you and I are one of it. Like it or not, believe it or not, we are still one of it, one of that presence. And so we are one of this love. We are one of this peace. We are one of this joy. We are one of this beauty. We are this in form already. This is our very core nature. This is the tectonic plate that underlies all of the appearances in our lives, all of the stuff that sits on top of that. We are that. We are one. And so I speak my word from that awareness hmm, that each of us this week feels that, experiences that, lives that more deeply, that there is in our heart, in our soul, in our very body, in our very beingness, a yes to that truth and an opening to that truth, allowing it to move up through us, to move to the surface and express, allow it to set an earthquake of love, of joy, of peace into our lives so we do create all things new. We bring it on. We let that spiritual nature that we are bring it on. And we let all the places where we have been out of sorts, out of love, in reaction, in defense, all that garbage that's just piled up garbage from old past beliefs, we let it go. It is no longer a part of each of us. It no longer holds any sway over us. We are free. We are free to imagine a new life, a new world. And I'm grateful for all the good that comes out of this. I'm grateful for the love, the joy, and the peace that expresses from us and begins to shift the consciousness of the whole world. Ernest Holmes says, God plus one is a majority. And so as we move into alignment with that truth, as we are living that truth, Everyone knows this truth. Even the ones who have forgotten it, they know it somewhere in their consciousness. And so as we know this truth, as we speak this truth, as we live this truth, as we be this truth, it manifests. And I'm so grateful. 
And in that sense of gratitude, I release this word because I know that the law, that spirit, that, that essence within knows how to manifest this in, through, and as each and every one of us. And it is doing so now. We simply say yes, yea, amen, and so it is. So it is. Thank you. In the teen room today, we learned about compassion and peace and how, some, and how um, sometimes if you want to show peace or compassion for other people, you just have to know that they are like you and that their experiences are probably more similar to yours than, than you might think uh, at first. So it's like if you know that they're experiencing some of the same things, you can have compassion for them. And that can build peace in your life because then you know that, you know, you're not alone, for example.